My name is Siuming. And I'm Suba. Welcome to the Safe App Podcast, a podcast where we talk all things medical aesthetics. Hi everyone! Today we are joined by our friend Tom, who is a makeup artist and who's also received some medical aesthetic treatments in the past. So he will tell us a little bit about himself and also what's motivated him to get into medical aesthetic treatments. So without further ado, let's welcome Tom. Hello! Hi! (laughs) How are you, Tom? How have you been doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. I'm just in the middle of moving house, so I'm feeling a little bit tired, a little bit stressed, but it's all good. (laughs) Aw, that's keeping you busy. Gives me something to do while I'm uh, off work in the lockdown. (laughs) Awesome. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm a makeup artist um, and I have been for the past four years. I live in London. I used to be a translator for about four years Mm -hmm. uh, before I threw it all away (laughs) to (laughs) my dream as a makeup artist. And did you always want to be a makeup artist? So I've always had an interest in makeup. I used to have really bad acne up until about the age of 21. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used makeup to help cover that acne, but I didn't think it was going to be a viable career in the beginning. A little bit because I didn't know it existed really that much as a job. Mm -hmm. And also I'd heard a bit about the industry and thought it sounded really precarious and I you know wouldn't be able to survive in London so I thought I'd get like an office job to begin with and then see where it went. So was your office job as a translator based in London? It was yeah I just wanted to out of university desperately move to London I just thought that's where everything's going to be I have to be down there. Yeah. (laughs) Come from a small town so I was like I'm ready to hit the big city. Yay! (laughs) That's how I felt too actually because we were from Nottingham and then we moved down to Newcastle. And we were also ready for the big city. Yeah. Because right. we, so we obviously met in Nottingham. We kind of parted ways a little bit for a few years. Yeah. Eventually, we all moved into London. So it was quite nice to yeah. finally move into London. So I completely get where you're coming from. Uh, I was like a year behind because my... Everyone had their three-year courses and I had a four, so everyone had moved to London. So I spent my last year like, I just have to get there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> A little bit of FOMO, isn't it? Massive FOMO. So it, it gave me a little good chance to sort of explore without, you know, having to pay to live anywhere because um, I could just drop in and say hi. But yeah, I needed to move quickly. <laughs> yeah, totally understand. Why don't we go back to, because um, you did mention that you had acne in the past and how, yeah. how did you actually cope with the acne then? So I, it, I had a real struggle with it because I guess it, it, it's kind of a benefit and a, you know, sort of a negative as well. Yeah. Um, I covered my acne with makeup and I did it so well that the doctors wouldn't believe me that I had bad acne. Yeah. It, was, it was really, really affecting me. And over time, my confidence was just absolutely destroyed. So, yeah. and I, I felt like I couldn't take the makeup off to show people because it was just so overwhelming. Yeah. So that was my sort of first foray into aesthetics yeah. because I went on Accutane or Roaccutane yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically waited until I had a stable job and I could afford it and I went to a private physician to go and get that because I just felt more comfortable at that point. Oh okay so you, it wasn't through your NHS GP? I'd waited so long and I'd have to do sort of like 
at the time they sort of made you do six months on, on a treatment and I had to go through five treatments and every single one just burnt my face and I felt so unhappy and uncomfortable and I'd react to all these things. I remember it, my last year of university, we all took photos together sort of to celebrate our final exam yeah. that had fallen on my birthday yeah. and the pictures are just a, like, it's my face is just bleeding because it's cracking oh, um, no. from some awful chemical that they made me put on, uh, which everyone else seems to work with, but it just didn't work with me. So I just went to go private because I just felt like I'd have a closer connection with that person. Yeah. I could see them whenever I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I guess that sort of started me on that journey of like aesthetics and things that you can do medically to help improve your appearance. Oh, okay. And okay, um, was it mostly like oral tablet that they gave you or did you have a chemical peel? What exactly did you have? So I've just had the oral tablet back then, uh-huh. but they basically said to me that a few years down the line, which is now, I suppose, you're going to start getting more breakouts. It's not going to be as effective. So because I didn't have at the time, I didn't have big like divots. I didn't have scarring as badly as other people. They didn't recommend doing a chemical peel then. But I think at some point in the next few years, that will be my logical next step. It's been ages since I've been on it now, like eight years. So, you know, I I think it's time for a refresh soon. (laughs) So would you say that your acne is pretty well controlled at the moment? Yeah, it's almost totally controlled. I'm actually struggling right now because of the masks that we have to wear. I still have unbelievably sensitive skin. I know a lot of people after Accutane, their skin goes back to normal. You can use any product, you can do what you want, and it's not really a worry. But for me, I've maintained unbelievably sensitive skin. Mm -hmm. So I can't use a lot of the products that most people can, um, which is also frustrating as a makeup artist because I get sent all these wonderful things and I can't use them on myself. So I do wear makeup every day. I mean, obviously, the podcast listeners won't be able to, to see it, but <laughs> I, I am it's wearing makeup. We can see it from here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's nowhere near, you know, it's, it's nothing really. Yeah, because from what I can see, your skin looks very clear. Yeah. Almost flawless from here. And yeah. I am wearing makeup. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so I guess that started your journey into medical aesthetics, like you said. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about what other treatments that are specific to medical aesthetics that you've tried before then? So the only one that I've started on so far is Botox. It's ironic that we're talking about it because obviously there's none left in my face after three months of not being able to go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I tried Botox and I absolutely loved it. I basically did that because I'm very expressive naturally as a person, Mm -hmm. which is great. However, from a from quite a young age, I did start to have set in lines on my forehead um, around my eyes and my family are very, very wrinkly. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought I'm going to get ahead of this. I'm going to try out Botox and see what it does. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. It is something that I'm going to be doing again as soon as I can. And then I've had a consultation for tear trough fillers, which if I come to the side, you guys will be able to see. I do have a fairly sort of I don't want to say remarkable, but like it's a fairly deep divot under my eyes. So that's going to be sort of the next thing that I am planning on doing. Ah, okay. Interesting. So when you went for your wrinkle treatment, how did you do your research? Like tell us a little bit more about how you found out a little bit more about the procedure and your practitioner as well. So I've had a real fascination with medical aesthetics and also plastic surgery in general. Um, I think obviously with the rise of YouTube and I guess it's, some part Instagram, but I try not to really pay attention to a lot of stuff on Instagram because I'm just not sure what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I did a lot of research into watching treatments and understanding what was available. 
Um, and then in my industry, I know a lot of people who obviously spend a lot of time on their appearance. So yeah. there's always that where, you know, personal recommendations were made. Yeah. I went on quite a few consultations. Mm-hmm. Originally, my first thought was I'm going to do it back home where my family home is, which is up north, much cheaper. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I don't have loads of disposable income. I'd love to go and get it for less. Yeah. And um, I remember going into the appointment and I said, what I want is super subtle. I don't want to have a frozen forehead. I don't want to look crazy. I don't want to look shiny. I don't want anything intense. And I remember the doctor saying to me, no, no, no. Everyone says that, but what they really want is to be filled up. So we're just going to do it. And I was like, that'll be me walking out. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Because I guess the aesthetic in certain areas is much more of a sort of like plastic, shiny, smooth, very finished, finished, very polished look. And that's just not what I wanted. So I swiftly moved away from that. Um, I knew them myself because I knew that they were doctors in the area and I knew that because it's a small town, you know, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I came to London, I asked for personal recommendations. Um, I wanted basically anyone who I thought looked particularly wonderful. I was sort of like, have you had Botox? If so, where? Yeah. yeah. And then so even in London, you went to see a few different practitioners? So I had a sort of like email consultation with one and I didn't feel particularly comfortable with them either. Just, I don't know, there was something about it that just didn't feel quite right. And then the next time I went for a face-to-face consultation with the person who eventually did do my Botox, but she turned me away in the beginning, actually, which I valued greatly. She said, you don't have a serious enough problem for me to treat you. So that really sort of made me think, okay, this person is legit. You know, they're not going to just pop stuff in my face because I I've walked in and said I demand this yeah you know she she was very clear and talked through how you know my face whether or not it moves or doesn't yeah um so like I think or or what it was actually what it was was she said she wouldn't put any around my eyes yeah she could see the the lines here and had a very strong frown line at the time yeah Um, but she was just like around your eyes you really don't have anything and I was like no I want to get rid and she was like no yeah there's nothing that. you yeah. have to come back there's no movement there there's no you know like there's nothing so I, I'm not going to just inject you for no reason yeah um, so that also felt very good yeah that's a good thing that she was quite clear and I'm glad that you felt like you were respected I guess in a way because she was basically very honest with you so what were you looking for in a practitioner because you said you went a few consultations and you didn't feel right what were you looking for So I was looking for someone who I thought represented my version of aesthetics, really, because obviously it is your face. Mm -hmm. I think I I always want something to look unbelievably natural. I never really want to look like I've had anything done, which I know isn't the preference for a lot of people. But for me personally, I don't want it to be, you know, sort of, I don't want to look strange. I don't want a huge big change where everyone goes, whoa, what have you done? I want it to be sort of imperceptible. So I was thinking for that mainly mm-hmm. um and then also i wanted to find somewhere that i thought was professional and that their training was was good yeah. um it's really important to me that they aren't just some backstreet botox place that's gonna you know mess mess me up essentially yeah and how did you ensure that with your practitioners did you how did you do your own research on your practitioner so i actually looked at the um, places associated with the private hospital that I went to for my acne. Um, They're linked together. Um, And and that was so great because it was a link between that and then 
it happened to be the place that a friend of mine had also gone and right. I thought they looked great. So I was like, okay, amazing. And then when I was going through on the website, I was looking through the practitioners and seeing their uh, qualifications. Yeah. I probably should have looked on the, like the medical register to see, but <laughs> I, because I'd also chosen to go somewhere on Harley street, I did feel a little bit more confident yeah. knowing that there was a, there was a reputation attached to that. Yeah, definitely. You know, for me personally, in my industry, people come to me because of my specialism in makeup. Yeah. They, they don't come to me for anything. I like, I don't even, I don't do nails, for example, which people yeah. often consider part of it because yeah. they look to a specialist to do that. Yeah. And I felt to go to a doctor who specialized in aesthetics Yeah. because I just didn't want to take the risk. And especially, yeah. I know this sounds silly, but with me being a guy, I didn't want to look strange as a man because yeah. I think often those treatments can look really bizarre. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there were a lot of factors actually that I was considering, but you know, a lot of my friends, they just, they'll happily go anywhere. And I think some have even gone to places where genuinely, I think it is illegal because they probably don't have a nurse or a dentist there to prescribe it. They're just doing it. So yeah. I'm, I was sort of like, whoa, no, no, no. I want to go about this the right way. Yeah. And also if it goes wrong, then at least I know that there's someone who can, um, they can be held accountable for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's really good because then it brings into the safety aspect of this because a lot of people don't know that in the UK there's no regulations when it comes to non-surgical aesthetic industry. What were your thoughts? Were you aware when you started researching? Did you know about the safety issue? So I definitely was aware um, because from where I'm from, they they do have like Botox parties, filler parties. I watched lots of people doing this and I'm thinking, my God, they're coming to your house. It's not sanitary. And then I did watch like a few, there were some documentaries back in the day about how it's, the industry is not regulated and that sort of all jumbled together with my own fascination and looking on YouTube and then talking to people in the industry. It's something that I, you know, I was really interested in and also why I wanted to chat to you about this on this podcast, because yeah. actually like the Safe app is, for me, is a really great idea yeah. because there are so many people who don't know and unless you do loads of research, you might not know that at all. You, you expect that someone selling you a service in a shop, for example, yeah. would legally be allowed to do so, exactly. especially if they're injecting things in your face, but there's no real... Yeah, like you quite rightly say, so you said people go to you because of your specialization, which is mm-hmm. in makeup. So no, people don't go to you, for example, for a nail treatment. That's yeah. really interesting because obviously some practitioners that we know that are offering these treatments from a beauty salon and they might not necessarily have the right qualifications to give out these services, but there are people who still go to these practitioners for their treatment. So it's really interesting to know that a lot of people out there are probably not as conscious as you are on the yeah, they wouldn't be unless they've really spent their time doing the research because you just think you know you you might lump it all together and say oh well my beautician does this they do you know they do my tan they do my waxing they do my nails yeah. they do my hair they do blah 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 they're like well of course the next logical step is injectables yeah um but i just i find something inherently terrifying yeah. about having someone inject any sort of foreign body especially like i mean botox although, you know, largely recognized as safe, isn't always safe. If yeah, it's not absolutely. Yeah. It, it is botulinum toxin. It's a toxin and you're injecting it into your face. It's a yeah. terrifying thought that someone could do that without any 
or without the appropriate training and background. Yeah, yeah. But I do understand, like, lots of people, it's a huge financial implication. Of course. Often yeah. go to somewhere that's with people with the appropriate training. Yeah. But I think in the same way that I think my clients value my services and pay higher for that because they know that I'm the right person for the job, Yeah. I can take that on into medical aesthetics where I'm like, it's going to cost you money because exactly. you want the right person to do it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I think with... With botulinum toxin, especially it being a prescription-only medication, people shouldn't really be offering for you know discounted rates and things like that. I mean, you can discount your the service that they're offering as a practitioner, but you're just not you're not discounting the price of the product that you're offering. Right. Yeah. Because you know when when you sort of think about people who are getting Botox for ninety pounds, I'm like, my God, how? Yeah. Like, how does it work? Yeah. I in the short term. It, it, for them they're thinking oh I saved this money and I, I need to save money and I get it I do yeah. get that mm-hmm. and I considered it too you know when I was going I, I w- went up to you know my hometown near Liverpool yeah. to, to get it done originally yeah. and it was only because I was uncomfortable really about the doctor that I then didn't do it yeah. so yeah so you almost I, had it done there almost well I, I was in also one thing that really did surprise me when I was there mm-hmm. was that when I first went in they were going to just do the treatment straight away yeah which again I know personally from my experience of the industry that normally you have your consultation and then you go away because you have to yeah. think about it okay. um, yeah. so for me they were ready to do it there and then without yeah. giving me any time to think and they were saying all these things that didn't chime with my version of what I wanted to do yeah and it was also contrasting with what I'd said I'd said I want this and they were saying no we're giving you this yeah they so, tried to change your mind about what you came in for yeah and they also mind. offered a whole range of other things that I didn't even ask for which you know sometimes if you're I would say for example now that I've been to my practitioner a few yeah. more times if I was to talk about an issue and then she goes oh well actually there is this thing available that would be fine yeah. but for me to go in saying I want Botox and at the time I was 26 didn't yeah. really need it yeah. For them to then say, oh, well, how about you take all of these things too? I was like, my God, oh, God must have looked That's awful. interesting that you've brought this up because I, I'm curious to know how did that make you feel? Because sometimes when people bring up other issues that you haven't really thought about, some mm-hmm. people get very fixated and they start thinking and start dwelling on these other, the other they, I mean, they're not necessarily issues, but it's just mm-hmm. that someone's brought it up and then it gets you thinking. What about you? Like, did that... Okay. It is a dangerous cycle, actually. And I remember when I you know, did have acne, one of my friends said to me, just because the acne goes, it won't solve the problem. You'll find something else to fixate on mm. unless you, you, know, you do the work to sort of get over. Because I was really struggling with even like going outdoors without makeup on. It's yeah. one of those things. And it, yeah. you know, that was a good piece of advice. And I did have to work through that and get used to it. Yeah. And in the same way, if someone starts to tell you you've got a problem here, there and everywhere, then yeah. yes, you will start thinking about that. I personally, I think, because I work with faces a lot, mm-hmm. I do look at my own face with sort of a, a magnifying glass. Okay, yeah. I'm next to bright lights. I've got these cameras around all the time. I'm being caught in the background on camera and seeing myself and I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> 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 so I'm naturally more inclined to think more about these treatments and yeah. whether or not I want to do it. Yeah, um, yeah it, is, it can be a vicious cycle, but I think that's where having a responsible practitioner who's going to say, come on, that's, that's a bit ridiculous now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. Exactly like with my first one, when, um, when I went to get Botox done, she said, no, don't get your eyes done, you don't need it. Yeah. Um, I think that really helps when you've got someone who has a measured response. Yeah. That also yeah. comes, you know, you, you've, got, you've got to be finding the best people, which again, yeah. hopefully 
that's what safe app is doing yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah. i think that's why like it's best for doctors dentists and nurses to do it because we're actually trained to do that to kind of yes. like get, take you on the aesthetic journey so that both of us can actually come up with a journey plan so it's totally. kind of like a holistic approach when it comes to medical aesthetics yeah. which people forget it's true. It, my practitioner is a dual doctor and dentist so now she just does medical aesthetics, but she's actually double trained. So yeah. I guess maybe that's a double whammy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's even better because like, they clearly know the anatomy to the T. Yeah. This really helped make me feel a lot more comfortable because I was nervous the first time I did yeah. it. I was just thinking, oh my God, what's it going to be like? Am I going to hate it? Am I going to like, because, you know, at, at that point, once it's in your face, it's in your face. You've not really got a choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. true. At least with the toxin, you know, it'll wear away after exactly. a few months. But then things like fillers, like that's, it's not permanent as such because obviously no. you can dissolve it, but it's a more permanent look. It's also it's fairly, not- I've heard, fairly painful to get it removed. So, I guess it's not the most pleasant experience. Yeah. 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 So can you tell us a little bit more about the actual day that you went in for your treatment? So what was the, the whole process like? So the process for me was I was looking on the website. I gave them a call and said, I'd love to come in for a consultation. Yeah. Um, I actually had to wait quite a long time because they had a waiting list. So that also made me feel quite confident. And when I went there, it was sort of, I signed in, filled in this long medical de- declaration form. Yeah. Uh, and then I went into the, the clinic. She actually then went through my entire medical history with me which I thought it was just I've had this done before you know in certain places where they just sort of take it and put it away but she actually like went through it bullet point by bullet point Um, and then she sort of asked me really open questions about like why did I come in not really guiding me in any particular way and then saying sort of like what is it that I want to speak to her about rather than you know I appreciated the nuance of her language actually yeah. because um, she wasn't saying like, what problems do you have? Or like, you know, like, what do you need to fix? Like it was, it was nothing like that. It was very much sort of like an open conversation yeah. um, about like what my concerns were personally. So I found that really, really nice. Yeah. And from that, we sort of talked about the issues and she said, no, I'm like, to me personally, I think your eyes, you don't have any need to get Botox here. It'll also save you money. Let's be honest. So mm-hmm. you know, why do it yet? And then yeah. she said, we could do only like sort of mild Botox in the forehead um, but you have to go away and think about it so it was sort of like that and then she was like once you've had to think about it book in for an appointment yeah on that day it was similar she got she did get my medical documents out again to go through it and check like um, has anything changed and blah 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 Mm -hmm. Um, I say blah blah obviously very important stuff (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah, that I basically, and from that, it was good. I just sort of had the treatment, was totally fine. Yeah, and then and tell, us, tell us a bit more about the whole, like, because obviously I'm sure she went through the consent pr- uh, process with you. Yeah. Tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. Did you feel like she explained everything very well? Like, she did she cover all the risks? I got a big takeaway document with risks. We talked through it there, but also like a document that basically said, like, this is, you know, what can happen. And then these are the things that you shouldn't do after you've had the procedure in the you know sort of the immediate time afterwards so did get a lot of information and yeah there, there was a there was a lot of talking and I, I that really reassured me yeah. um it, I mean in a way it almost like scared me a little bit it made me think like oh gosh it's quite a serious thing yeah when ev- everyone I know who'd had it before had just said oh it's nothing you'll be fine it's a breeze blah blah blah, blah. did yeah. you feel like you you would have preferred her to have told you all those risks that uh, you, you would have rather be aware anyway before the procedure? I think it's important to be aware of it because actually if you don't then 
I mean, how awful to then, you know, if something happens. Problem. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know that, then actually I'm sure that the person doing it would be liable for not telling you about the risks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and, you know, th- I know personally that the risks aren't as great as some of, you know, some other procedures. There are much greater risks with other stuff, but there are inherent risks. So, you know, you, you do have to be aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So have you had any complications or anything from any of your medical aesthetic procedures? None at all. What happened with me was we, I did the procedure and then in a week, was it a week or was it longer? I can't remember. Maybe 10 days, yeah. seven to 10 days. I went back for a follow-up and I felt that there wasn't as much in as I would like. And she agreed that it hadn't been as strong because she'd put in very little to begin with to be cautious to see how my how I react. Yeah. So I went and had more. But other than that, I felt no complications whatsoever. I was worried because of my really sensitive skin that mm-hmm. there may be sort of a reaction or yeah. that the, you know, the sort of injected areas would be yeah. an issue that they would inflame or something. But there, there was none of that and everything's been fine. I am cautious about the tear trough procedure that I'm going to do in the future only because again another type of foreign body under my skin yeah. that's yeah. a worry and I imagine that I'll probably get black eyes from that but who knows <laughs> I'm sure she will go through the whole oh yeah well we, we've, we've had that con- consultation yeah. and I you know I'm, I'm aware of all the risks on that too it's yeah. but I've been holding off anyway so just waiting for the right time and also post lockdown really yeah totally <laughs> I'm I'm it's one of those things like like we mentioned before I'm trying not to fixate on anything yes yeah because, you know it, it there are much bigger issues in the world. So it's just like at one point, if I if I think it's the right time and I feel like I want to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you're most comfortable with, you know, going ahead with it, because like you quite rightly said, there are much more bigger issues in the world to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not something that you want to be fixated over. And you don't want pressure as well from the practitioner, which is great. Yeah. Like she's she's never said to me at all, like, oh, when are you booking in for this? Even yeah. though I've discussed on two occasions that I want it. She's never said, she's like, if you want to book it in, let me know and we'll do it. But she's not pushed and said, oh, are you coming in for filler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's very important. Exactly. Because I think like marketing a medical aesthetic procedure should be kind of done in a in a proper way because what we don't want to encourage is that to get to, for it to be kind of like a common use or a common procedure for everyone. I think as much as we're trying to normalize the fact that people are getting these medical aesthetic treatments, what we're not trying to do is to glorify it and trying to, you know, recommend it to every person to, to get it done because that's not the case. Not everyone, you know, go gets their nail done. Not everyone gets, you know. It's completely personal preference. And I have friends who, you know, they, they don't think it's mad, but they're just like, why, why, why bother? And they're like, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, for the longest time I said the same thing. I said, you know what, it's fine. But I don't know, sometimes you just look in the mirror and you go, oh, it's not quite lining up with what I expected. And it makes me feel much more confident having it done because I do have a sort of a baby face. Yeah. And then when you actually in real life see the lines on on my forehead obviously I've got such a bright light on me now that you can't really tell but when you see them sort of there it just feels incongruous for like how generally I don't say youthful because it sounds a bit conceited but how generally (laughs) my face looks people do tell me I look young but I felt like my forehead didn't reflect that so yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely a personal choice, I would say. Yeah, and totally. everyone thinks it's for you being vain but actually it actually builds that confidence because that's it how I felt. Yeah, and, and I'm not being funny. Like the vanity side of, of thing, 
of, of it is there. But I mean, people don't tell you off for getting your teeth done. Like people, like 14 year olds have got braces, yeah. you know, and, and people take acne treatment again, and no one's telling you off for that. Yeah. And no one's saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Like why? It's a confidence thing. And if you feel more comfortable in a certain way, then you absolutely can. If you can afford it and you want to do it, then great. Like mm -hmm. I agree with you that pressure isn't what should be put on anyone to do it. But yeah. if it's something that you want to do and you can, then, you know. Yeah, go yeah. for it, right? I think that's why we got Safe App going, so that we can tell people that you can get these procedures done, get it the right way in a safe environment with qualified healthcare professionals. Yeah, yeah. and that's why we started uh, Safe App, actually. Yeah. So would you say that medical aesthetics has impacted you in any way in terms of body confidence, body image? How would you describe it? Yeah, I would say it's it does definitely give me more confidence. I feel much more attractive when I've, when I've had my Botox. I know that sounds <laughs> really hard, but it does. I do feel, I feel much better. I, I personally notice a lot of difference, whereas everybody else doesn't. So that's great. It's exactly how I want it. People, people never remarked when I started getting it that I looked really different, but people did often say how fresh and sort of glowy and, just generally good I looked yeah. and that really, really helped. Um, you know, I, I just really, I just think it's, it's po positively affected my self-esteem in that sense, which yeah. although is vain, I just think, you know what? Great. I mean, I, I will have the rest of my life to be wrinkly and I think yeah. at a certain point I will stop having it and just sort of let it go. Cause I do like smile lines on people and I like expression and I yeah. haven't lost my expression from Botox anyway. I, I don't, she doesn't put that much in that I lose all of it, Yeah, but it does just give you that little pep in your step. And yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice to know. That's yeah. how I feel too. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way about it. Yeah. And the same with the Accutane, which obviously it's not the same situation, but I mean, that changed my life. Yeah. Um, just completely transformed it. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm sure going through acne and like you described having quite severe acne yeah. as a teenager that, that must have had an impact on your life yeah and all through university it really really I wasn't one of those people who could just wear it with pride I really struggled with that and I just it stopped me from doing almost everything you know yeah. I, I wouldn't stay at people's houses I wouldn't go swimming I wouldn't oh, you know go to the gym like I just okay. I hated it so it was frustrating that it took so long yeah. for me to get it sorted but once I did you know I, it Amazing. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's really nice. So last question. So what do you think about Safe App and what we're doing for users of medical aesthetics? I think I mentioned a few times. I'm quite positive <laughs> about it. I think it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's risky business. You know, the industry, if, if you're going to go to somewhere that's unregulated, yeah. that isn't properly trained, you yeah. know, like I, I wouldn't go to a plumber or a mechanic that didn't, have the right qualifications you know like exactly. the, these things do cross over yeah. and although I'm probably more aware of it than many people because of the industry I work in yeah. I feel like it is information that needs to be out there yeah. and people do need to hear it so you know if people people do ask me because I'm quite open about the fact that I've had it done mm -hmm. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lie when someone says oh you look really young and I'm like what's well, got a head full of Botox yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> people do ask the questions they want to know stuff and if you you know if you can always point someone in the direction of reliable information on safety and yeah and, and that's a great thing to have so the app I think will be really useful Oh, thank awesome. you so much for that yeah. we're, we're glad that people are finding it useful and it's something that is needed in the industry, I think. Yeah.
yeah if i hadn't had a personal recommendation and it wasn't affiliated to the place that you know did my accutane yeah then i, I would have really struggled to find somewhere because it, you're just googling aren't you randomly yeah, exactly. where where to go and and actually that's not the best way, way to do it yeah uh, like some people some people are quite social media savvy and you know good with marketing and they, they have maybe a bit more time to push for the marketing aspect whereas some other people they might be doing it on the side so they might be doing it part-time but it doesn't mean that they are any less qualified no. or I, w- you know, I would much prefer my doctor to be spending their time like studying and learning and working yeah. <laughs> i i'm inherently quite mistrustful of you know aesthetics practitioners who are on Instagram because they go for a much bolder look as well. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't quite chime with me. You know, I don't want giant duck lips or, yeah. you know, I've seen a lot recently with the big jaws where mm. they sort of like put 15 mils of filler in your face. I'm thinking, my God, how expensive <laughs> is this? So, yeah, I, it's, it's better to have sort of like a, if you have a sort of repertoire of people, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much. So guys, we're coming to the end of our podcast. If you have any ideas of what you would like us to discuss in our next session, please leave a comment for us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and also on Apple Podcast. So you can follow us on our Instagram. Our Instagram handle is the underscore safe app. Leave us a comment on any one of our social, social media. media. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for actually breaking things down for us and telling us about your experience because it's been very nice hearing all about your wonderful experiences yeah. um, in it's nice to have a good story isn't it i'm sure there are plenty yeah. of horror stories out there but yeah yeah it's very nice to have something that that is very pleasant and also the fact that you actually went through different practitioners and had very different experiences i think that's very nice to share with our listeners as well and we've got our next podcast that's coming out with one of our other, our other friends so I think this is a really good contrast to what we yeah. can hear and um, how medical aesthetics has actually helped with your life yeah balance so would be great. <laughs> a bit of a balance would be nice yeah. to share with our listeners yeah sure. oh so thank awesome. you so much Tom is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners I think it's all good but just be safe <laughs> oh, thank you so much stay safe as well Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.